Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. What does it mean to say God's purpose is to bring glory to himself? How does that relate to living well? Listen to me. The reason God wants you and me to live well, experience his best for every area of our life, is so that other people looking at our lives will be motivated to become God followers as well. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. You know, over the centuries, authors have written countless books about the secrets to success. But only one contains the timeless wisdom granted by God Himself to the wisest man who ever lived. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress opens to the book of Proverbs to share practical insights for success in every area of life. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. As a pastor and Bible teacher, I love to preach. It's a joy to watch people discover the relevance of God's Word. But next to preaching, perhaps in second place, I love taking my friends to Israel. Why is that? Well, because it's an absolute joy to show my friends the very sites where Jesus conducted His ministry and the place He will return one day. For these reasons and more, I want to show you the magnificent sights of the Holy Land, if you'll agree to join me for the upcoming Pathway to Victory Tour of Israel. Now, it's only about six weeks away, but there's still time to sign up. The dates are April 25th through May 5th. Our team has mapped out a first-rate itinerary for you, and I guarantee that you will return home with a fresh love for Jesus and the Bible. Take a look at the fabulous sights that you'll see and reserve your spot today by going to ptv.org. Well, we've just started a new series on Pathway to Victory. Thousands of years ago, the wisest, wealthiest, and most powerful man in the world compiled a book filled with practical insights for success in every area of life, such as parenting, marriage, vocation, relationships, self-control, and money management, just to mention a few. Have you guessed who I'm referring to? I'm talking about Solomon and his treasured collection of Proverbs. I've written a book that complements this broadcast series. It's also called The Solomon Secrets. And when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, you're invited to request your copy. We'll give all the details later, but right now, let's get started with the first message in the series called The Solomon Secrets. Today's message is titled, The Art of Living Well. Regardless of how you define living well, I have some good news and some bad news. Which would you like to hear first? Let me tell you the bad news and get that out of the way. The bad news is you're probably not going to acquire all of the material possessions, experience all the vocational success, enjoy all the relationship success that you've ever dreamed of. That's the bad news. The good news is you can have more than you have right now. You don't have to occupy the same rut you're existing in for the rest of your life. In fact, I want to make a money-back guarantee If you discover and apply the 10 secrets for success that we're going to talk about over these next 10 weeks, I absolutely promise you that you will experience greater financial stability than you ever thought possible. 
You'll enjoy more fulfilling relationships than you ever dreamed of. You will realize more of your goals than you ever thought possible in your life. How can I make such a guarantee? Because the principles for success we're going to talk about in this series is not based on my wisdom or even on the collected wisdom of the ages. These success secrets come straight from the Word of God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Proverbs as we begin this brand new series entitled The Solomon Secrets, 10 Keys for Extraordinary Success in Life. What do we mean by living well? Living well means experiencing God's best for every area of my life. You know, as a pastor, I interact mainly with Christians. Let me tell you my observation about Christians after 30 years in the ministry. And by the way, it's an observation that is backed by statistical facts. My observation is there's almost no difference between the lives of Christians and non-Christians. There's no difference. I mean, just look at the statistics. Christians file for divorce. They fall into bankruptcy. They are involved in affairs. They are overcome with addictions at exactly the same rate as non-Christians. There is no difference. Now, how do you explain that? I mean, why is it that there is such a disconnect between our beliefs and our behavior? Well, there's an answer to that. I want us to look at the answer, first of all, in a negative way, then in a positive way. Look at Proverbs 29, verse 18. Here's the reason there is no difference in the lifestyle of Christians and non-Christians. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Solomon says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. That word vision in Hebrew literally means a word or a revelation from God. Where there is no word from God, people perish. And we see that all around us. People, Christians even, are perishing. They are withering under unrelenting financial pressure, unfulfilling relationships, unrealized dreams, all because they have no word from God. They have no instruction or revelation from God. Wisdom, wisdom is the key that unlocks the door to experiencing God's best in every area of our life. Now, let me say several things about this wisdom that God says is essential for living well. Notice a couple of truths here. First of all, jot this down. Wisdom is opposite our natural inclinations. The skill that God offers us for every area of our life is often opposite our natural inclinations. You see, the world's wisdom says, if you're angry, go ahead and explode. Give full vent to it. But God's wisdom about anger is opposite our natural inclinations. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Second truth about wisdom. Not only is wisdom opposite our natural inclination, but notice that wisdom requires effort. Since this skill doesn't come naturally to us, since it goes uh, opposite our natural inclinations, we have to search for it. It doesn't come naturally. Many years ago, I visited the Billy Graham Museum at Wheaton College, and while I was walking through the library there, there was a display case. And in that display case, there was a, 
a Bible, an old worn Bible that had been given to Albert Einstein. And on the fly leaf of that Bible, I read these words. In fact, I jotted them down. They made such an impression on me. The word said, straws on the surface flow, but he who would search for pearls must dive below. Whoever gave this Bible to Einstein was simply saying, you know, as great of an intellect as you are, Albert, you cannot discover God's truth with just a surface study of the Bible. It requires going deep in order to appropriate the truth of God's word. That's the truth about wisdom. The Bible says acquiring wisdom is like going on a treasure hunt for great riches. For example, jot down Proverbs 2, verses 4 to 5. We read a portion of this just a few moments ago. And the writer says, if you seek her, that is wisdom, as silver, and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Or turn over one page to Proverbs 3, verses 13 to 15. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For its profit is better than the profit of silver and its gain more than fine gold. Wisdom is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Imagine one Saturday morning, you're cleaning out your closet. You reach above to the top shelf and you feel an envelope and you bring down the envelope. It's addressed to the owner of the house and curious, so you open up the envelope to see what the letter reads. And this is what the letter says. It says, because of my concern, that my greedy and ungrateful children would squander the money that I left to them, I decided to bury $500,000 in the backyard near the oak tree. The money is located three feet to the left and nine inches underground. If you find it, it's yours. Now, what would be your response to that letter? Would you put the letter back and say, well, you know, if I ever find time, I might go out there and look for that. Or would you say to yourself, well, I don't know about this letter. I'm not sure I can really trust that it's authentic. I'm not sure I can trust that the author is who he said he is. No, you'd throw that letter down. You'd go outside and start flinging dirt as quickly as possible, wouldn't you? <laughs> Listen to what the Word of God says. As useful as $500,000 might be to you today, the Bible says wisdom is even more valuable than money. It's more valuable than silver. It's more valuable than gold. And the reason God's wisdom is so important is it's the key to success, not just with your finances, but with every area of life. You may say, well, Robert, you've convinced me. I realize God's wisdom is valuable. I realize I need to search for it, but where do I go to find God's wisdom? Thousands of years ago, the wisest, the wealthiest, the most powerful man in the world, a man named Solomon, collected some pithy and practical truths in a book we call Proverbs today. And in this book, you follow the wisdom and you find the skill necessary for successfully living in life. Now, I call this hidden treasure because it's not available to everyone. It goes against our natural inclination. What we're going to look at over the next 10 weeks are 10 pieces, not of common sense, but of uncommon sense that promise extraordinary success. Now, as we begin our journey through Proverbs over these next few months, I feel the necessity to offer you a disclaimer at the beginning of this series, and here it is. The focus of Proverbs is this life, 
not the next life. You can read the entire book of Proverbs and never find out how to pray, how to share your faith with a friend, or how to go to heaven when you die. Uh, this truth, by the way, that we're going to look at, it's available to Christians and non-Christians. Anybody who follows this wisdom is going to be successful in this life, but only those who know Christ as Savior will be successful in the next life. The focus of the book of Proverbs, our focus for these next few weeks is going to be the here and now, not the hereafter. Let me close today by sharing with you three important principles about living well, because that's what Proverbs is about. It's about how to live well, how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Principle number one, the measure of living well is not money. The measure of living well is not money. Now it's true, the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about money. It has a lot to say about saving and investing and debt. And again, if you follow these principles, you will be more successful in your finances than if you ignore these principles. Many Christians today are buckling under the weight of credit card bills and debt and, and, and unfunded needs they have in their life, all because they've neglected the wisdom that is found in the book of Proverbs. And again, here's the promise. If you follow these principles, I'm not saying you're going to be a millionaire, but what I am saying is you will be able to have greater financial security. You'll be able to accumulate more money for your children's education or for your retirement or to splurge on a vacation or to give to God's work. You'll have more than if you ignore God's teachings. That's what the promise is. But even though the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about money, Life is more than just about earning, saving, and investing money. You know, I read one Wall Street tycoon who said, money is the best way to keep score in life. Jesus said, no, it's not. Because even when your life consists of an abundance, that doesn't define who you are. You know what the word, the word death means? The word death, thanatos, means separation. Death is a separation of our spirit from our physical body. It's a separation from, from the earth. And at the moment of your death, you're going to be separated from all of your money. You're going to leave everything behind. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 26, what will a man be profited if he gains the whole world and he forfeits his soul? Second truth about living well Living well does not exempt us from problems in life. When I talk about living well, being prosperous, being successful, I'm not talking about being exempt from problems. I have people ask me all the time, Pastor, why do we as Christians go through problems and suffering in this life? And you know, behind that question is the assumption that somehow... Becoming a Christian is like kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card, that it exempts you from any suffering in life. That's just not true. We all know, and we've seen in other series, that God's plan for you and me as a Christian is that we go through difficult times. It is in those difficulties, those times of suffering, that we learn more about God, that our faith is strengthened. Remember Hebrews 5.8 that talks about the Lord Jesus Christ? It says, even though he was the Son of God, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. You know, if God's plan for his own son even included difficulty, suffering, why are you and I surprised? 
when suffering comes into our life. No, being a Christian, living well, does not mean an exemption from problems. In fact, did you know that becoming a Christian probably intensifies your problems you're going to have in this world? It doesn't take them away. It intensifies them, at least in the short term. The Quaker philosopher Elton Trueblood wrote, in many areas of the gospel, instead of taking away people's burdens, the gospel actually adds to them. Occasionally, we talk of our Christianity as something that solves problems, and there's a sense in which it does. Long before it does so, however, it increases both the number and the intensity of the problems. One thing I love about the Bible is how true it is. It doesn't try to gloss over hard truth. Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, in this world, you will have tribulation. You're gonna have problems. But then he went on to say, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Living well doesn't exempt us from problems. Thirdly, the purpose of living well is to glorify God. The purpose of living well is to glorify God. What is God's overriding purpose in the world today? Do you know God has one ultimate purpose? It's to bring glory to himself. It's to cause men and women, boys and girls, angels and demons, all to fall down and say that he alone is worthy of worship. In Romans chapter 11, verse 36, Paul writes, for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever, amen. What does this great theological statement mean to us? What does it mean to say God's purpose is to bring glory to himself? How does that relate to living well? Listen to me. The reason God wants you and me to live well, experience his best for every area of our life, is so that other people looking at our lives will be motivated to become God followers as well. And that's exactly what God said to the Israelites. God said in the Old Testament, I'm giving you these prescriptions for living. My reason for doing so is that the other nations of the world, when they look at you and see you following me, they will say, not what a great people you are, but what a great God they serve. Listen to Deuteronomy 4, verses 5 to 7. Moses said, see, I have taught you statutes and judgments just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should thus in the land when you are entering to possess it. So keep and do them, that is, these commandments. For that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is wise and understanding. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God whenever we call on him? What God was saying to the Israelites when you follow my commandments, my statutes, people are going to want to know about the God you serve, the God who can bless you in such an extraordinary way. The same thing is true for us. You know, when we follow God's wisdom for living as found in the Bible, it's really a win-win situation when you think about it. We get the benefits and God gets the glory. The ultimate purpose of living well is to glorify God. John Piper said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. A few years ago, a Missouri physician named Gary Hamlin became what he called a self-professed fool for Christ. 
On that April Fool's Day a few years ago, Gary Hamlin said that he was going to start living in a different way. For the first 40 years of his life, he said he had been living for himself, but now that 40 years had passed, he decided he was going to start living for Christ. And that meant that he was going to start doing some things that seemed to be foolish to other people. For example, he was going to invest a large amount of money in building a a homeless shelter for troubled teenagers. He said he was going to start donating his services as a physician to a battered women's facility. He said that he was making a plan over the next 10 years to work himself out of a job so that he would no longer work for pay, but he would be able to devote himself as a missionary in Haiti. What happened as a result of making what many people thought was a foolish decision? Hamlin said, as a result of that decision to do just opposite of what people expected me to, materialism has lost its value. Before I went on my first mission trip to Haiti, I carried a lot of fears in my life, a fear of dying, fear of financial hardship. But after a while, the fears began to dissipate. God was weaning me from the world's attractions. He was showing me his vision for my life, to be a fool for him every day, but realize how very rich I am. You see, Gary Hamlin discovered the secret about living well. He realized that living well was more than just about his own immediate satisfaction. It was following and living out God's plan for his life. And because he learned that, he's experiencing satisfaction in this life, but also he'll experience eternal dividends in the next life. Now, let me point out something to you. Would Gary Hamlin have been free to discover God's purpose for his life? Would he have been free to live well if he was in so much debt that he could never walk away from his job? Would he be free to live well if he had lost his Christian witness because of infidelity in his marriage relationship? Would he have been free to live well if he didn't know how to set short-term goals so he'd accomplish his long-term goal of being a full-time missionary? What I'm saying to you is that to live well, to experience God's best in your life, there's some skills for living you have to learn. Nuggets of uncommon wisdom that are found in the book of Proverbs. And over these next 10 weeks, we're going to discover 10 of those success secrets so that you can truly live well. And let me remind you again, when you live well, when you appropriate God's wisdom for every part of your life, it is a win-win situation. You get the benefits. God gets the glory. And in my estimation, that's a wonderful arrangement. We get the benefits while God gets the glory. We're off to a great start in our new series called The Solomon Secrets, 10 Keys to Extraordinary Success in Life. I hope today's overview has whetted your appetite, and I hope it's piqued your curiosity so that you'll devote some personal time to get better acquainted with the Proverbs. To guide you, I've written a book by the same title, The Solomon Secrets. It contains a chapter on each of the relevant topics we'll address this month. And I'd be pleased to ship a copy to your home today when you call, write, or go online to ptv.org and give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. To people in our generation, the simple directions in Proverbs might seem illogical, but God's wisdom holds the key to achieving and enjoying the things we want most. 
ask for your copy of The Solomon Secrets when you give a generous gift today. Today, I'm also inviting you to become one of our loyal Pathway Partners. A Pathway Partner is someone who agrees to pray for our ministry and to give a gift in the amount of your choosing every month. In this relationship, you're entitled to a long list of benefits, and you'll find those benefits at ptv.org. But the best part is that your giving will have 12 times the impact over the course of a single year. So give us a call or go online to ptv.org and become a Pathway Partner today. When you give your first gift, I'll be glad to send you a copy of my book, The Solomon Secrets, with my thanks. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. To learn about all the benefits of becoming a Pathway Partner and to sign up, just give us a call at 866-999-2965 or even easier, visit online at ptv.org. Now, when you give your first gift as a Pathway Partner or when you give a generous one-time gift, we'll say thanks by sending you a copy of Dr. Jeffress's best-selling book, The Solomon Secrets. And when your gift is $75 or more, We'll also send you the Solomon Secrets teaching series on CD and DVD. One more time, call 866-999-2965 or make your request online at ptv.org. You could write to us if you'd like. Let me give you that mailing address. P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. Does God want you to be successful? Well, according to the Bible, the answer is a resounding yes. Join us again next time for a message called To Succeed More, Fail More, here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.